You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. And welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. As always, I am Ben Wolf, your host. Uh, I'm joined today by my guest who is going to teach us how to master the art of delegation. Uh, our guest today is the founder and CEO of Delegate Solutions, uh, which is a virtual assistance company. And uh, you can learn more about uh, about her and her company at DelegateSolutions.com. And I uh, give you Emily Morgan. Welcome, Emily. Thank you, Ben. Great to see you. Great to see you too. And thanks for joining us. Um, I guess if you could start off, if you don't mind, talking about like a quick two-minute history on how you got to be doing what you're doing now, uh, you know, this, this, uh, this kind of obsession or expertise on the art of delegation, like, you know, I guess, how'd you get from, from here to there on that? Yeah, so before starting my company, I was doing the work. So I was an executive assistant at University of Pennsylvania, um, working and supporting some deans in a graduate program. And then I moved over and became like more of a project manager at a clinical research company. So my whole professional background leading up to starting the business was in executive level support. And um, around that time I had my son and I was really resistant to the idea of commuting in and out of Philadelphia to have to um, take care of a baby at the same time. So I learned about the virtual assistant industry. This was 14 and a half years ago. <laughs> so it was right. still pretty new at that yeah. time. Um, and for the beginning part of my business, like I was the virtual assistant, I was supporting clients um, and figuring out how to do the work myself. And then over time, it really started to be, there was more demand than what I could personally do. So I started to build out the company. But when I started it, it was never this big vision around being entrepreneurial or having a, you know, having any kind of vision to what I, what I run today. Right. So that, I mean, so that's interesting. I want to get, you know, hopefully we can get to part of that story too, of, of, of why you decided to make it entrepreneurial, um, you know, and turn it into a business, not just a job, so to speak, that you're, right. you're doing as a, as a vendor or an outside consultant or not really a consultant, whatever, like an outside vendor. Um, but I guess for, for people out there, business owners, business leaders, what, what are some of the things that they would be seeing in them, in themselves or in their organizations now that are, you know, letting people know, or that are like, Hey, I'm not even aware of it just cause I'm so busy every day, but like, this is a trigger that I should be thinking more about delegation. Uh, you know, what is that looking like? Yeah. I mean, we hear so from we work, we work exclusively with entrepreneurs. So the, t the excuses that we typically hear are it's easier to do it myself than explain it or my work's too complicated or I've tried before and it got screwed up. And what happens is over time, you start to develop scar tissue around delegation and you start to think that you're not good at delegation or this is just too hard, but eventually you hit a ceiling of time. And, um, I've been saying a lot lately, I think that delegation is an energy management system. And it's all about as entrepreneurs, preserving our energy so that we can really focus on where we're gonna have the most impact. Right. And, uh, right, so I mean, so that explains, right, we see, I'm like, I guess why people are so hesitant to think of it and that, you know, some kind of like past trauma around, around delegation or things that didn't work out. Um, so like, I guess, so what are the different options? What are the different things that people can, can be doing to get past that 
or, or to make it work this time, whereas maybe it didn't work in the past? Yeah, so we we say that there are really three parts to delegation. So art, science, and discipline. So art okay. is sort of what you're going to delegate. And we have lots of documents that are great for brainstorming what you can actually hand off. Um, so it's figuring out what. Um, and then there's the science piece, which is really the process that you get things off your plate. So the different tools that you can use. And then the discipline piece is really your own commitment to doing it. And for entrepreneurs in particular, we are bottlenecks in our businesses. And right. we, we sort of vacillate, we, we created like five different types of bottlenecks that we all are. Um, and understanding that behavior and why it's happening and how to correct it is really how you master the discipline side of it. Well, what, what do you mean by five types of bottlenecks that the business owner or, you know, or, or founder is becoming? Yeah, so we say hero. So you, you always want to do it yourself, right? Because you get joy out of getting things done. Interventionist. Right. The interventionist is the second type and you're really trying to get in the middle of everything because you need the detail. The isolationist, you're like, just let me do it. <laughs> let me do it myself. And then the time optimist, which I always am, which is you want to get more done than you possibly have time to do. And then the right. dreamer, the dreamer is really about the person that is constantly ideating. And I've been teaching entrepreneurs, like your team lives in execution, you're living in ideation. And you have to understand that dynamic when you're delegating, because otherwise they're hearing you just sort of riff on ideas and they're thinking you're asking them to execute. So understanding that intricacy of um, a dreamer and an execution team um, is really important. Right. Okay. So, so I don't know if I should, I mean, I, I want to ask you about like some stories, like to make it more concrete. I mean, whether you could speak from your own experience or some of the people in Delegate Solutions, like to hear a couple of stories to make it more concrete to understand how do you do that and how does it in a way that's successful and not, uh, and not, uh, and, and it's not going to end in, you know, either failure or frustration, disappointment. It's the one thing, but I also want to ask you about, uh, you know, even just on a more conceptual level, how do you, okay, so like that's, that's great, like a high level, you know, okay, I want to, okay, I'd like to delegate or I'd like to try it again, but how do I do that successfully? Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know if you want to speak about either one of those things, either more from the principle or from the examples, <laughs> but I don't, I'm yeah. interested in both. Yeah. Well, I find delegation fascinating. So we could talk about this for hours and I would not get bored <laughs> with it. Um, but, you know, when you're looking for candidates to delegate, you're always looking for things that you're doing that are repeating. Um, so you do something more than once. To me, it's a candidate for delegation because we can mm -hmm. turn it into a process and, and find someone else to do that for you. Mm -hmm. um, an example of that, so if you're looking at delegate and elevate as an exercise that you would run for yourself to understand delegation candidates, um, you can even find them in the top right quadrant. So now again, not everybody listening to this may be familiar <laughs> with the delegate and elevate tool. So can you give us like a one minute explanation of, of what that tool is? And even on a sheet of paper, people could just do it on their own with it. Yeah. So draw a quadrant. So four boxes. Um, and in the bottom right quadrant are all the things that you hate doing and you're not good at. In the top left quadrant are the things that you love doing and you would do all day because they give you energy. Um, in the bottom left quadrant are the things that you, you don't like doing, but you're good at. 
right? So that's usually that's like paying bills and things like that. Um, and then the top right quadrant are the things that you like doing and you're good at, but probably someone else can do them. And so that bottom right quadrant is really the easiest place to delegate from. But you'll find as you delegate more and more, that box starts to really deplete, which is great. And so yeah. that's why knowing what goes in that top left quadrant is really important because that's how you want to fill your time as you are, you know, grow, going up in how much time that you have. Mm -hmm. But so you were, you were saying how do you, so, so you were saying, okay, now, now that you have, you've done that exercise and then you were saying about that. Yeah. So top right quadrant. Okay. So it's the things that you like doing and you're good at. Um, right. You can find repeatables in that quadrant. And so for me, as an example, um, something that I had up there that I enjoyed and I was quite good at, but I did it more than one time was launching new clients. So it used to be mm -hmm. when our clients would come in, I would run the kickoff call, I would do the delegation strategy, set the team off and running. So we found that to be a repeatable thing there that I was able to create a process for and train the team on how to do so. That freed up a ton of my time. For sure. Yeah, no, that's a that's a it's a great example, and it's really concrete. It's something like I guess you know, depending on the growth point that any business is in, there's going to be more and more of those things. You're going to grow, you're going to delegate, then you're going to hit the ceiling again with other things, mm -hmm. uh, and that can just rinse and repeat. Um, and uh, and uh, so, so how do you how do you set that up when you're when you're trying to delegate to somebody, whether it's an assistant, whether it's maybe somebody a, a subordinate, somebody in the company? How do you do that in a way that's successful and doesn't end up with frustration? Yeah, so that's our science part of delegation. Uh -huh. So some tips that I'll share there: you always want to delegate the end result. So what does success look like? Hmm. Um, if you are in strategic coach, there's a great tool we use called an impact filter, which helps you identify success criteria. So you're saying this must be true for this project to be complete. So I'll use this all the time with my team. Like if we're trying to push an idea forward, I'll just sit there and do the exercise and hand it over to them and let them sort of figure out how they're going to get there. As long as these things are true. Mm -hmm. Um, you always want to be available to give feedback back and forth. So what worked, what didn't work. Um, we also say like start small. So if you've got this scar tissue, you, you've got this anxiety around delegation, right. <laughs> like we're going to do some trust building. So what are some of the small little nuggets that maybe are in the, those bottom quadrants that you can start with? And again, like the feedback cycle is really important there. Right. I want to like maybe take a little sideways point in the conversation based on one of the things you just mentioned. You talked about strategic coach, you know, obviously run founded by Dan Sullivan. I know you're a member of strategic coach. You use strategic coach. Um, I have, I've not done that. I've, you know, known many people who, who've used it uh, and who've done it, but I, I personally haven't. So just now more as a business owner personally, or a human personally, uh, what, what has that been like? Like, you know, I guess, why did you join and what difference has it made? You know, what, what difference or result has it made for you? Great question. I love strategic coach. I'm a huge fan. Um, and my journey with coach started in their assistant program. So one of my earlier clients from when I started the company started in the program and was like, Hey, they have this program to train your assistant. Can you go? 
And so I went <laughs> to train this. I never heard of that to train yes. the strategic coach. So if I have a coach, then my coach, or at least part of his program will train my assistant. You can add on the program wow. to, because what happens in these programs and the same is true with the EOS is like, we go, we learn, we learn these great tools and concepts, and then we come back and there's no one to execute them. So like in strategic coach, we would do like entrepreneurial time system where we're planning out our week, right? So buffer mm -hmm. days, focus days, and free days. If your assistant doesn't know what that is or why, um, they're lost in helping you implement it. And so at my company, we help people execute the different concepts that you're learning in these programs. Mm -hmm. But the assistant program is where I got my start with um, strategic coach. And then as my business grew, um, I, I joined the signature program and now I'm in the 10 X program. Wow. So, so what, so, so tell me about what that impact has been on you or like what difference it's been for you on that. Well, it exposed me to EOS first of all. So, um, I met Mark O'Donnell sitting next to me in strategic coach many years ago, and now he runs EOS. Um, but it really teaches you how to create a company that can run without you. So EOS is like the operating system for the business. Mm -hmm. Strategic Coach is really the program to help you as the leader get into the mindset and have mm -hmm. the tools and concepts to actually be able to step out. Mm -hmm. so. Wow. And, and how did that, I mean, how has that worked or what, I mean, in terms of actualizing that, that promise, how has it, how has it gone? Yeah. I mean, I took a three week sabbatical at one point without having a heart attack, didn't check in once. Like, wow. I mean, the stuff works. It's just, you really have to commit to what you're learning and actually apply it. And that's my concern with any program is it's really in the execution. Right. Right, right. I hear. And so that's, that's good stuff. And, and I guess one thing that, that I wanted to ask you about, because I mean, this is, uh, you know, we talked about this has been one of my, uh, one of one of my big obsessions recently. I mean, people li listening to this, a lot of them know or watching this know that I am, you know, I'm, I'm coming out with this book on fractional leadership, uh, which is, you know, I mean, in a sense, your assistants are like are fractional, but I'm, yeah. you know, I'm talking in the in the leadership levels of C-level type people that you bring in uh, to, you know, bridge you from where you are now to where you want to get to, and they can help, uh, bring in somebody full time afterwards. But, uh, so with this kind of, with this kind of stuff, from what I understand, you have, you have some experience with, uh, utilizing or working with fractional leaders and in, in companies. Uh, and so I'm just, you know, I'd love to hear your, your experience with that, how it worked, what happened, if you don't mind talking about that. Yeah. Um, well, I was sharing before my, excuse me, my integrator, Joe, who's our COO, mm -hmm. um, started out as fractional. And mm -hmm. um, at the time we weren't running on EOS, so we didn't really know what that meant, but you know, he, he was fractional with us for probably five years. Um, and oh, I wow. mean, the whole idea of fractional workforce to me is where we're headed um, as companies. Like we just had a huge company reach out to us that never would have considered you know, fractionalizing the admin seat. Um, mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's, we're trending in that direction. And I think being able to offer um, fractional work and being able to hire from all around the country and not be limited by, you know, somebody sitting at a certain state to be able to work with you is a huge win for everybody. Right. 
and and like what's the trajectory is is he is he with you full-time now yeah as a coo he's so like what uh-huh but you say he was fractional for 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 five years and and i guess what what were you able to do because you had him you know what were you able to do because you had because you had that tool available to you i guess that w- maybe if you couldn't have had fractional c-level leadership i don't know what would that have looked like i mean what's the difference well, I think for me, it was about being able to step out more um, in the company, knowing that I had someone there to run the daily operations from that perspective. And I mean, we wouldn't have been able to afford a full-time COO at that point anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think, you know, that we work with fractional marketing agencies, we work with a fractional CFO, <laughs> like the whole model of how using, I run your, the business. using internally in your own company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're all virtual, like on our side, we're a virtual company. Everyone we work with is virtual um, in terms of our fractional resources. But yeah, I mean, fractional marketing, fractional CFO, um, our team works fractionally with clients. So it's like pretty much my whole business model as well. Right, right. And, and how has that been with the, uh, you know, you mentioned on the COO side and how about on the CMO or, or, uh, or, or you said CFO side, how, how was that? What difference did that make? Yeah, I think I'm definitely now in the headspace of working in 90 day sprints and like okay. having that really clear vision of where we're going across the year, but it creates this flexibility as you're scaling to like shift focus, but still have like a level of ownership over general direction of where things are going. Um, so like our marketing team is making suggestions and then we're able to go to them and say, hey, we're thinking about doing this, what do you suggest? And it's just a more, you know, it's less of a commitment to us financially to work that way, but we're still getting value because we're still getting stuff done. And like, we tend to think of it as we're at our level of sophistication in this area. And Mm -hmm. so we we now need an outside resource to help us with that, but we don't need them full-time. Right, right, right. You know, I, I certainly have seen with, you know, with use, utilizing fractional leaders in, in, in other companies or in my clients' companies um, or, or you know, being myself, um, besides being an EOS implementer, I'm also a fractional integrator. So also acting as that fractional COO for a couple of companies uh, and definitely see on, from both sides of the table the, uh, you know, the, the difference it makes. You know, I, I guess part of it is, the, is when you're not big enough to bring on somebody full time. And, uh, you know, I guess same thing like with an assistant, you know, you can't hire them full time, you do fractionally, but even at the C level, um, you know, you're not big enough to do something full time, but there's also an element that I've really seen uh, with a lot of places where you're just not, you're also not ready for the commitment yet. Right. Uh, or, it, or it's going to take too long to ramp up with somebody full time. Uh, so it's kind of a way of easing into it. I mean, in either case, it's ultimately with the goal of scaling big enough and ready enough that you can have somebody fully focused on the organization internally and then and then really really let go yeah i mean you're creating like pliability in the business also working in this way um, by not over committing to resources and letting it grow as the business grows right all right that makes a lot of sense um anything i didn't ask about on uh on on delegation that uh that you know i should backfill uh, my understanding on any of this or people out there listening uh, on, on any of that, I mean, of course, people can go to delegatesolutions.com. You've got some great resources there. 
uh, a lot of other podcasts and interviews and, and resources available. Um, and uh, does anything else that comes to mind? Yeah, there's one more thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think we need to commit to the boring stuff because the boring stuff makes up a huge part of our business. It's the backbone of our business and like avoiding it because you don't like it or it doesn't energize you, doesn't change the fact that it needs to run like a champ back there <laughs> while you're out doing the things that you love. And so, right. you know, coming together and really just having a commitment to using the back the backstage experience to create a excellence and um, a great experience for clients, I think is really important. Right. Yeah, it makes uh, it make, makes total sense. I know I'm using uh, my assistants. I think since since June, I've gotten busy enough when it's and it's a tremendous help. I mean, it's uh, you know hopefully I'll continue continue growing in in my utilization of that and, and being a better delegator myself. But uh, but definitely uh, you know appreciate everything you shared and you know obviously it makes a difference in the quality of life in people. You know to be able to delegate. Uh, more effectively and, and not be afraid of it or do, you know, do it in a way that, you know, that's going to work out well. So I appreciate yeah, we, it. We had a client share recently that, you know, we'll work with clients one to two hours a day on support, but mm -hmm. he actually shared that he felt like it freed up thousands of hours for him because of the mental junk that comes with right. like avoiding this stuff and like the noise it creates in your head. Cause you're like, I hate dealing with this. So there's people out there that love dealing with this um, type of stuff. So, you know, it really can add more value than just, you know, minute for minute, I would add. Right. Now that's a, that's a, that's a very fair, it's a very, very fair point. Just to take that stuff out of your head. There's just a certain amount of bandwidth of, of just having more things on your head mm -hmm. even beyond the minutes, which is a great point. So look, I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing all, uh, sharing all of this. And uh, it's, it, you know, it's been a great conversation. And obviously people, like I said, reach out to uh, Emily Morgan or our team at DelegateSolutions.com or check out the website and, uh, and you can learn more there or get a, get a, get a virtual assistant uh, if that's needed and uh, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. My pleasure. And see everybody else on the other side. Thank you. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf.